You're listening to Do Justice, the podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world, from Shining Waters Regional Council of the United Church of Canada. Justice, the podcast for January 29th, 2021. My name is Brianne Swan, and I am Minister for Social and Ecological Justice with Shining Waters Regional Council, part of the United Church of Canada. On today's episode, we have Sherry Fowler from British Columbia reading a story from the Gospel of Mark with Jesus saying, shut up and get out to an unclean spirit. We'll be hearing music from Sam Larkin and some words by Thomas Troger. But first, this is Timber Choir and their song, Come and Go. could sit in this chair for a thousand years and watch the woods consume the neighborhood watch the ambitions come and go surround me and engulf me we could ditch the tv and spend a little more time reading books and singing songs on the porch sit here watching the daylight wane leaving and even less memory I just want to be still I just want to be still Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever be free Of these things that are weighing Heavy on me to keep me from doing or going or knowing the sun comes up I go back to sleep In our so-called liberation of self We have only bound the shackles more tightly Free up your mind and start thinking a good thought Just words on a page Close 
all of you. Uh, my name is Sherry and I hail from a small agricultural community in southern British Columbia, Canada. The reading today is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. And it's when Jesus cast out an unclean spirit. And then there's the response from the crowd. And if you're wondering of the music in the background, it is a common tune used in churches to sing a traditional hymn called Silence, Frenzied, Unclean Spirit. Quite spooky. But taken away from the tradition, I'm going to read you a contemporary English version from the uh, Gospel of Mark. Jesus and his disciples went to the town of Capatron. Then, on the next Sabbath, he went into the Jewish meeting place and started teaching. Everyone was amazed at his teaching. You know, he taught with authority and not like the teachers of the law of Moses. Suddenly, a man with an evil spirit in him entered the meeting place and yelled, Jesus from Nazareth, what do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are God's Holy One. Well, Jesus told the evil spirit, be quiet and come out of the man. The spirit shook him. Then it gave a loud shout and left. Everyone was completely surprised and kept saying to each other, What is this? It must be some new kind of powerful teaching. Even the spirits, the evil spirits, obey him. Well, news about Jesus quickly spread all over Galilee. The Gospel of Mark. Thanks be to God. That was Sherry Fowler, reading from the first chapter of Mark, verses 21 through 28. This reflection was previously recorded and released on February 2nd, 2018. And we've got impure spirits. Hooray! We're talking demons. 
I heard one commentator last year refer to this story as just a run-of-the-mill exorcism, and I remember thinking at the time, holy crap, like what kind of work are you in where any kind of exorcism is just run-of-the-mill? But demons, like what kind of demons are we talking about? Actual, literal, spiritual beings? Metaphorical demons? Does it matter? Now, it's very possible that I might have a different relationship to the word demon than most people. My very first childhood pet was named Demon, and she was this tiny little tortoiseshell cat. She wasn't very intimidating at all, but she did have this really unfortunate habit of pooping in my uncle's shoe when he came to visit. And just his shoe. Nobody else's, and nobody knows why. But she was very cute, and contrary to the opinion of my uncle, she certainly wasn't evil. I even wrote a song about this legendary cat and man rivalry for my kids, and I'll post it just for fun with the show notes on the Living Presence Ministry website. I spent some time this week thinking about the different ways we, speaking from a Western English-speaking perspective, represent or personify evil, the different kinds of demons we wrestle with through literature, film, and other aspects of popular culture. We have our own personal demons, like the Dementors in the Harry Potter series. J.K. Rowling has commented many times that Dementors, who are tall, cloaked, scaly creatures that chill the air and make everyone around them feel as if they will never be happy again, or a personification of the deep depression and despair that she experienced while living on social assistance as a single mother after the breakdown of her marriage. Dementors can literally suck your soul, which is a fate we're reminded often through the series is far worse than death. And then there is the representation of systemic demons, like the Pale Man in the Guillermo del Toro film Pan's Labyrinth. According to del Toro, the Pale Man represents institutional evil feeding on the helpless, and that it is no coincidence that this demon-like character is both pale in skin color and identified as male. There's also the Black Riders in the Lord of the Rings series, with Tolkien using the Nazgul to represent humankind's susceptibility to the demons of power and greed. And then there are the existential demons, like perhaps the nothing in the never-ending story, which represents apathy and our unfortunate tendency to discount creativity and imagination. There's an intersection of these three distinct concepts of demons. The systemic injustice often leads to individual despair. Apathy allows for the rise of those seeking power at the expense of others. But it's easier to think of these abstract concepts, these demons, as evil characters. And thinking of them as characters also makes it easier to imagine that they can be defeated. It's easier to battle something we can see and recognize. At least we've got a shot at getting rid of them. What's interesting about all these characters is that they're not merely bad guys. Each of them serve an evil that is even greater than they are. 
They are not the main antagonists. They are not Voldemort. They are not Sauron. They are not a humanity who has given up on embracing childlike wisdom. They are merely the servants and messengers of a greater evil and danger. So I wonder, in this story, what is the greater evil we're meant to fear even more? But for now we have this demon, this impure spirit, suddenly showing up in a synagogue in Capernaum. Jesus has been teaching and the people have been amazed. The demon, through the man he is possessing, immediately recognizes Jesus for who he is. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One from God. I love this. Have you come to destroy us? Who is us? Are you here to destroy us all, the demons of the world? The despair, the injustice, the apathy, the disconnection? Some of it? All of it? But notably, Jesus doesn't answer. He just says, shut up and get out. And the demon, albeit begrudgingly, obeys. Kind of like my toddler. The demon does what it's told, but throws a bit of a temper tantrum first. This is the first public display of Jesus' ministry and authority in Mark's gospel. I mentioned in last week's episode that John was the last gospel to be written, This week's reading is from Mark, and most scholars believe that Mark was the first gospel penned approximately 40 years after Jesus' death. The language of Mark was that used by common people, and it reads a little bit like an action movie. It's fast-paced, and the story quickly moves from one important event to the next. We often see glimpses of an angry Jesus, which is probably why I enjoy Mark so much. In this story, Mark is setting up a common theme, the conflict between Jesus and the Jewish leadership. To be clear, this is not a conflict between Jesus and the Jewish people. Jesus was, after all, Jewish himself, but rather between Jesus and the class of the religious elite. In this story, the teachers of the law, who are also called the scribes in other translations, are amazed. They are amazed Jesus is able to teach and command with an authority that goes beyond their own, that goes beyond simply being an authority of the established code and law. In Mark's story, Jesus' authority goes much further, and the scribes are not necessarily on board. In fact, they are threatened. The story reminded me of my experience in psychotherapeutic training a couple years ago. Before I started my journey with the Living Presence Ministry, I was a student of psychotherapy at a school in Toronto. I've always felt my calling is to be and work with people in transformative and relational ways, but I'm also very introverted. In short, I am a friend to the human condition. I just prefer my humans one at a time, I guess. So after almost a decade of intense psychodynamic depth therapy and going through a period of personal discernment, 
I decided psychotherapy was the career for me. And I was really excited to learn more about a subject I was passionate about that had helped me and from teachers who were authorities in the field. Unfortunately, things quickly fell apart. On the first day of training, my new colleagues and I were told that we were not to speak to each other or contact one another outside of weekly small groups and monthly lectures. So no emails, no texts, no phone calls, no coffees where we could discuss our readings and our thoughts about various perspectives on psychoanalytic theory. Except we really wouldn't have been able to do much of that anyway because we were strongly discouraged from reading any material outside of what our school assigned to us. But being asked not to read articles outside of what we were assigned was because, well, I'm not really sure our teachers would have been able to speak to anything we might have asked that veered off of their rehearsed script. And they were terrified of looking like they didn't know what they were talking about because it demonstrated that although they possessed authority by the nature of their position and that they had the power to hold us back or prevent us from practicing, they were not truly authorities on psychodynamic psychotherapy. So the no contact rule soon began to feel like a tactic utilized to prevent us from organizing. So we couldn't get together and say to each other, this feels really messed up to me. Does it feel messed up to you? Claiming authority as opposed to being an authority. The point Mark is trying to make to his audience is that the authority of Jesus in this story is embodied and comes from something far greater than books and law. That it comes from the creator. Mark might as well be saying, hey, listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Jesus doesn't promise to get rid of all the demons. Mark was astute enough to see that injustice and despair still existed in his time. But Jesus recognizes the demon. The demon recognizes him. The leaders recognize Jesus as a threat. And on the story goes, and continues, with Harry, Ophelia, Bastion, and all the other friends sitting on my bookshelf.
silence frenzied unclean spirit, cried God's healing holy one. Cease your ranting, flesh can't bear it, flee as night before the sun. At Christ's words the demon trembled, from its victim madly rushed, while the crowd that was assembled stood in wonder, stunned and hushed. Lord, the demons still are thriving in the gray cells of the mind. Tyrant voices, shrill and driving, twisted thoughts that grip and bind. Doubts that stir the heart to panic, fears distorting reason's sight, guilt that makes our loving frantic, dreams that cloud the soul with fright. Silence, Lord, the unclean spirit, in our mind and in our heart. Speak your word that when we hear it, all our demons shall depart. Clear our thought and calm our feeling, still the fractured, warring soul. By the power of your healing, make us faithful, true, and whole. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back soon with more music, more poetry, more reflection. But until then, take care of yourselves and your neighbors. And remember that we are all neighbors. We'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Shining Waters Regional Council, an administrative grouping within the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.shiningwatersregionalcouncil.ca.